listening to Thulos, a podcast of the Ephesus School Network. Thulos explores servant leadership as an Orthodox Christian. I'm Holly Benton, your host and executive director of the Orthodox Christian Leadership Initiative. My guest today is Father Paul Hodge, a consultant of the Orthodox Christian Leadership Initiative. He facilitates one of our peer learning cohorts, and he also serves as one of our parish health coaches, presenting the workshops of our intensive program in servant leadership. He follows up with local parishes to implement their plans with bi-monthly coaching services. Father Paul Hodge has served as a priest within the Antiochian Archdiocese for over 25 years. He currently serves as president of the Minnesota Eastern Orthodox Christian Clergy Association. And in 2020, he was appointed by His Eminence Metropolitan Joseph as spiritual advisor for Ancient Faith Ministries and Publishing. Welcome, Father Paul. So glad to have you join me today. Hi, Holly. I'm glad to be here by the grace of God. Father Paul, I'd like to explore the peer learning resources we offer through the Orthodox Christian Leadership Initiative. The Pan-Orthodox Peer Learning Program is for clergy, parish council presidents, church treasurers, parish council members, and other ministry leaders, and even newer emerging leaders who are beginning to develop as a parish leader. So, Father Paul, you facilitate a clergy cohort drawing together, I think it's 10 priests from four different jurisdictions from all over the United States to support and encourage one another in monthly peer learning online meetings. Yeah, I do. And of course, you facilitate a group for lay parish leaders serving as parish council presidents and members. And I know we have two other active cohorts facilitated by David Benson, who uh, works with lay leaders and church stewards. I think we have about, what, 30 people engaged in peer learning right now, Holly? Yep, that's right. We were motivated to get peer learning started as a way to connect with one another as parish leaders, to problem solve, share resources, best practices, so that we could develop in our parish leadership roles and responsibilities. Right. So different cohorts explore different topics. The group sets the the agendas. Those topics range from things like casting vision, conflict resolution, avoiding burnout, building consensus, what is consensus, uh, running efficient meetings, financial transparency and accountability, and, and succession planning. Yeah, these are all great topics for parish leaders. We generally share an article or a video on the topic of discussion prior to the meeting, just to launch the discussion, and then through an enriching conversation as peers, not as experts and not as passive learners, right. each participant is encouraged to identify a takeaway and to implement it in their practice and, and leadership role. The cohort structure is helping us to stay accountable as we strive to be faithful stewards in our leadership responsibilities. It's incredible this year, the kind of changes that clergy in particular, and I'm going to speak uh, directly to the clergy situation because that's what I deal with most frequently, have had to, the changes they've had to deal with. And of course, St. Paul, you know, he tells us to be ready to defend the hope that's in us, whether in season or out of season. And it feels like this whole year has been out of season. One thing that we have a great blessing in the Twin Cities is the ability for clergy to meet together monthly because there are 16 canonical communities just within the Minneapolis-St. Paul um, metropolitan area. And we have, you know, 60-some clergy active on our list throughout the upper Midwest. And we get together regularly. But with the 
restrictions on gatherings and so forth, having the op the opportunity to meet together virtually has been uh, very important. And I love that's what I love about the peer learning cohort for clergy from across the country, is we have the opportunity to see each other face to face, because friendships are formed when you face adversity together. That's right. The motivation for our peer learning comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 23 through 25 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Father Paul, in what ways is your clergy peer learning cohort holding fast to the confession of hope, stirring up one another to love and good works and encouraging one another? Well, you know, we're clergy, so we are attentive to the words of the scripture and the words of the gospel. And in that passage, although we haven't discussed it overtly as a group, it certainly characterizes our commitment. If you go to the Greek text of Hebrews and you see that hold fast is Katejo, which is where we get the word catechumen, right? Which is a word in Greek that means how you steer the ship, keeping it to the line so it doesn't hit the rocks or go out in, into the waters where it'll, it'll be ruined. Hold fast to the confession of our hope, considering one another how we may stir up or stimulate love and good works. The Greek word for stir up is the where we get the English word paroxysmos, was where we get the English word paroxysm. So you could translate stir up there as incite. Incite one another to good works. And we really, we bring a lot of energy and we want to devote that to the gospel. And so we bring that to one another where the work isn't so much to, the stirring up is in the attentiveness to one another, in giving each other a friendly audience that they can try out you know, here's what we're doing, or here's what I've been frustrated by, and incite one another to good works in that way. We stick together, you know, we um, exhort one another, encourage one another. And so we don't preach to each other, but we definitely listen to the word of God as it is mediated to us all through one another. And we do this with a sense of urgency because not only do a lot of people depend on our ministry, but the day of the Lord is approaching, and we do have to give an answer for the hope that is in us. And we're going to have to answer by what we did for the Lord, right? And as much as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. So we're pretty motivated. There's always room for us to be more loving, to be more kind, to be more patient, to be all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are inexhaustible. And that's what we try to cultivate an atmosphere in which nobody is the guru, nobody is the, the expert, except the high priest, Megas Yerevs, which comes earlier in Hebrews, since we have a great priest over the house of God. So we come together to listen to our priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. In the peer learning group that I facilitate, I too have been really impressed with the level of conversation and commitment, participation, and, and even listening. In fact, I had one participant say it was his goal to 
become a better listener. So he was intentionally practicing listening in this peer learning group, which was just marvelous. How often do you hear that? In our group, I feel like I really am in a literal mastermind group when it comes to parish leadership. It's attracted people who are really serious about their roles and responsibilities as lay leaders in the church. A few people have said that they intentionally look for opportunities like this just to stay fresh, to stay out of the rut, so to speak, mm -hmm. and to keep learning as people, sharing best practices with one another. We are responsible for leading our parishes through the challenges of a pandemic, and many people in my cohort are seeing this pandemic as an opportunity, a, a keros in the Greek, to, to lean into that hope and purpose that we have through Christ, through his gospel. In fact, we even have one participant who's helping to plant a mission can you imagine planting a mission even during a pandemic? But despite the pandemic, it's taking root because there's a community of committed people being held together through Christ's teaching, and it's Christ's teaching that cannot be stricted uh, through a pandemic. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we have you know junior clergy in our group who are coming to learn. They want to they want to hear from the more experienced brothers. But the more experienced also want to be sure that they're grounded. You know, in the monastic tradition, you know, who does the the elder, the, the abbot, the agumen, who does the elder in the monastery go to for to make his confession? He goes to the junior priest, because we're all under this one priesthood of our Lord. So, it's a great thing to have this kind of leveling. I mean, it's it's tricky. All the priests, whenever we get together, we all shut up because we don't want to interrupt the priest we're all priests. <laughs> you know? So getting us to talk can be a little bit of a challenge. But once we do, getting us to stop is maybe even more. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's interesting, the the leveling that happens. And, and even in Zoom, you know, it, it's surprising the kind of leveling that happens even through an online uh, yeah, platform. Truly. I mean, everyone's in their own environment. And you can see that. Um, and I should say too that we we absolutely expect that there's confidentiality among us, that we have that that atmosphere, we cultivate that atmosphere of trust, which is crucial, so we can really listen and and really share and and get at things that maybe it's not a therapy group. It's it's focused on specific topics and experiences, but those come with vulnerabilities, and we are all there just vulnerable, imperfect souls trying our best to glorify God and love one another. That's right. So what are some of the insights being shared in the clergy cohort? Is there anything surprising you? I think the unanimity is surprising. So often when clergy encounter each other online, there's it's in the context of disagreement. It's in the context of who's right, who's wrong, of judgment. Because of the terms on which this is founded and initiated, that gets left out. And we come together with a common purpose and a common mission and a common ministry to better what we do. Like, I can't tell when we're talking, I mean, other than maybe, you know, somebody's last name, like my last name is Haj. So if anybody knows that, it's Arabic, right? So they're, oh, he must be Antiochian. But I mean, other than little clues like that, there's no sense of which jurisdiction. We're serving the one church. 
and we, we want to do it well and we want to do it together. With so many things, our, our jurisdictions, our bishops, uh, our political party, so to speak, but if we're serious about being Christian, we have one head and, and one gospel that defines us and unites us. Right. I'm not going to reveal any content of the conversation, but we talked about challenges to communicating a vision. And they were very common challenges, regardless of the size of the parish, the type of the community, the you know ethnicity or, or character of the jurisdiction. So what is your hope for people who participate in peer learning? I have to say I'm probably the most selfish guy in the group. I grew up an only child, and I served parishes that were, one in particular, that were fairly remote from other clergy. I had a conversation back in the aughts with a Romanian monk who had been in prison in the 50s and 60s for his faith. The monks who introduced us asked me to ask him a question of something that was on my heart so he could minister the grace. They wanted to see him do his thing. You know, he's a holy elder. They want to see him say a word so he could minister the grace of God through the gospel. So what came to my mind was I'm living out in the middle of the prairie and I'm isolated. And that word was translated in Romanian, isolatia. And he just went, he said, look, I was in prison. They took me out of the common cell we shared with eight prisoners and they put me in the isolation cell. Oh. And I thought, oh man, that's not at all what I'm experiencing. But he said that they could separate me from heaven and earth. They could separate me from my brothers in the prison they could not separate me from my priesthood. And so know that when you're alone, you're not ever not a priest. So for me, what I hope to gain and what I hope others will gain is this sense that we are together, even if we're separate, you know, that even if we're far apart geographically, we are right elbow to elbow in the gospel marching together in this mission and ministry that God has ordained for us. That sense of brotherhood. In that parish, I was isolated. But in my priesthood, I've known that brotherhood in the diocese I was in, in the clergy association here in the Twin Cities, in so many profound ways. And this is an extension of that grace learning. At least that's what I pray it be, by the grace of God. So that helps us move really easily into the next question. Why would someone consider participating in a peer learning cohort? What would be the benefit or, or even the expectation of participating in a pan-Orthodox community? Again, my focus is particularly the clergy, but I think this is for everybody. There's, there's probably two main reasons. One is it's a support network. There's someone there to catch you if you are not making progress or if you are going backward or if you stumble or if you're struggling. There's people who understand We've all been there. And you will learn by teaching others. It's the best way to learn things is to absorb something and then share it as an instructor to someone else. There's also a practical content, you know, beyond the personal level of support or edification, personal edification, there's, there's a practical level of gaining useful tools, disciplines, skills, that facilitate your leadership because everybody who's in the church is a leader in some ministry you are responsible you will answer to god at the last day for how you conducted that role and for how you you know lived by the light of the gospel so there's really practical reason i mean beyond just the kind of personal 
support and things. Right. We get to meditate on together on subjects that are of common mutual interest. When it comes to things like resolving conflict or running efficient meetings, sometimes it's so easy to just see it in your own local context, your own local paradigm, and you've always resolved conflict in one particular way. And it's just good to get a higher level perspective, you know, seeing the forest for the trees to understand what the possibilities are, how other people deal with conflict or run efficient meetings or deal with financial transparency, or how do you talk about money in the church? And it's just so beneficial to move out of that local context. Right. Seeing your blind spots. I mean, I can't see the back of my own head. <laughs> All of those things, like to see better mm -hmm. with feedback, with people giving you advice and counsel. I think it's in Proverbs, Proverbs 11, 14, paraphrased as there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. But that's true. The counsel stands when we have everyone participating and feeding in and listening. Yeah, our hope with the Orthodox Christian Leadership Initiative is to continually organize and launch new peer learning cohorts. There is a small fee, but there's also a scholarship request option if you need to use it. You know, this is something that parishes should consider setting aside some funds to invest in their leadership, in their clergy, in their parish council members. If you happen to be hearing this podcast in February or March of 2021, we do have some new peer learning options that are becoming available later in March. Just go to orthodoxservantleaders.com and look uh, for the programs menu. You'll see underneath there's the peer learning option, and that's where you can find out more. You can sign up. And if you're clergy, come on in. Water's fine. I haven't started water polo <laughs> yet, but we're, we're working up to it. It's, it's a good training group, a good support group. Anything else, Father, that you'd like to say about peer learning? You know, I am grateful for the chance to talk about something that's very important to me that I look forward to every month. We meet once a month for an hour. We could, and the time is up to the group. We chose an hour. You know, just thank God and thank you and thanks to my brothers who joined. Yes, and we're so grateful for you too, Father Paul. It's it's really a blessing to have you be a part of this work and for you to bring your, your own vulnerability and your own expertise and your own desire to learn as you facilitate such a group. And, you know, like you said, we're all in this together and we're all learning together under one master, Jesus Christ, our Lord.